Hello, everyone. My name is Sophia, and I am indeed a compulsive reader in recovery one day at a time. And I was asked um, to speak tonight, and each time that I, you know, I'm asked to speak, I'm truly grateful. Can we, everybody mute your line? It's just kind of distracting when I hear background noise. Um, you know, whenever I'm asked to speak, I'm I'm grateful to share my story with anybody and hopes, you know, to help another compulsive suffering over overeater and uh compulsive overeater. And I'll just start off by um just giving a little bit of background on how I grew up and and where I was then and where I am now. Um I grew up in a, a family of four with both my parents in the house. And, you know, my mother, um, I love her, bless her soul, my mother's deceased. Uh, but she was um, very controlling, you know, as a child and uh, growing up as a teenager. And she kind of um, monitored everything that that we ate. And... Uh, you know, she was beautiful, dressed very nice. Her, her and my father both were uh, little people and uh, dressed very nice. And my mother always could control her eating. Apparently, you know, food was never her problem. I never, never an issue with her. You know, never once. I, I think about when we went shopping, never once did she uh, ever pull over at a fast food restaurant. I never, ever remember that. You know, never once did she pick up an item in the mall. We'd stop off at the little vendors. She never, ever did that. And she always ate three balanced meals. And um, and I noticed that at a young age because I noticed that uh, at a young age I had a problem with food, maybe around seven to eight, I, you know, I noticed that I never could get enough of it. You know, and when I went to my grandmother's house, I would, the first, when I would hit the door, I would be so happy to see her, and I immediately wanted her to go in the kitchen and start cooking. And she would. Each one, both of my grandmothers would. They know that's what made me happy. I wanted them to cook. And it didn't matter what it was. I mean, they didn't have a lot of money, any money. It was, you know, whatever they cooked was delicious to me. And I and I sat there and compulsively ate it. And that made them happy to see that I ate all these food. Back then we was told, you know, to clean your plate. People in Africa are starving and all these different things. So um, I did. I, I ate everything. And then when I came home, my mother did not allow me to eat like that. Whenever, you know, I would go for seconds, she would make me feel so guilty. You're gonna, be, you're gonna gain weight. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna be fat. You know, and and so she made sure that I was active in high school. I played a lot of sports, and and she was active. She exercised all the time. She she walked long walks. I mean, she. I really admire her for the way that she cared for her body and her looks because I, I, I didn't pick that up from her, 
you know, I, I got it now at an older age, but I didn't have it then because I felt like, you know, it was all hurt, you know, controlling me anyway. So anyway, I must make a long story short, I wanted to get out of my mother's control. So I left home early. I didn't go away to college. And uh, I left home after graduation. I got married at a young age, 18, and moved into a family who I, you know, I'm taking their inventory, who I say were, <laughs> that love, you know, had a, the same problem I had. They love food. And they would get up, my mother-in-law would get up in the middle of the night and bake items and and uh, and I would eat them. And, and I really felt that, like that was love. And I remember telling my mother, I couldn't wait to tell my mother, oh, I love this family. You know, they like, they get up all in the middle of the night and they bake and they good, they good cooks and, and we eat. And she looked at me and she said, you think that that's love? I told you, yeah, well, we, we eating good. And, and, and when we go shopping, we would stop at the smorgasbord. Well, we never made it to the mall. You know, we never made it to our destination because we stopped at the smorgasbord and that was it. We was all passed out, piles of food, and we never made it to wherever we were going. We were headed back home because we were just out of it after eating. And so I told my mother, you know, that it was fun being with them. And my mother said, okay, well, if you keep hanging with them, doing what they do, you're going to be fat. And I said, fat? You know, how fat am I going to get, you know, because I, I, I had really uh, never seen, uh, I never had been around a lot of obese kids growing up because you just didn't see it back in the early 80s, uh, 70s, you know, it was unheard of. But a lot of kids, you know, have uh, adult diseases in grammar school and high school. It's not now, but it was back then. So, when she said fat, I'm like, how fat would I be? And she said, you're going to be 200 pounds. And in the early 80s, when you say 200 pounds, I'm like, oh, my God, that's huge. I said, are you serious? Am I going to get that big? Well, you know, have my mouth sold up, you know. And so I did. You know, I started to gain weight, and it was so terrifying to me. I got to 200, and I got to 220. And I had my daughter, and I think I think I had her when I delivered her at eighteen. I had her at nineteen, and I think I was at two hundred pounds. But after I had her, I continued to gain. I was at two twenty, and I never would forget that number because right then I blamed everybody. You know, I was still so angry with my mother. Well, if she wasn't controlling and da 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 and. And and this man that I married, if we, you know, if he worked somewhere else other than McDonald's, you know, I wouldn't have this problem. But we were kids. We were teenagers. And so I thought it was everybody else's problem. And so I said, well, I'll rectify this. I'll divorce him and get, you know, find somebody else that was more financially stable. And uh, then that will be the answer to this weight problem, to this 220. And, and I did. I, you know, I did divorce him, and and I did marry somebody else who was much, much older than I was. You know, all of this in attempts to control my weight. You know, and what that did, I married somebody 23 years older than me at the time, and it afforded me the opportunity to now try all of this 
these attempts to control the weight. You know, now I can, you know, afford to go to Jenny Craig. I can afford Weight Watchers. And I did. I went to Jenny Craig, and I was able to get to a normal weight. But it was bankrupting my husband I was with because he was paying for all this stuff. And Jenny Craig had never been cheap. And he was writing checks out every week. And he noticed that once I stopped going, all I had to miss was a week or two, and the weight was like, you know, I would start busting out my clothes again. And he would say, you know, are you killing me? You know, I, I can't stop paying for this because if I, once I once you take a week or two off, your clothes are tight, you know. And so I realized then, you know, I, I think I got a problem. You know, I, I didn't know how to put my finger on it, but it's a problem, you know. And so... I went, you know, again, me not taking responsibility for my own life, you know, it's everybody else's problem, you know. If I if I went back to school, if I had had a degree and if I had a good job, you know, I would you know, I would be okay with this weight and this and that and so unfortunately my husband that was twenty three years old out of me, he passed, but he, he died at an early age. He was only forty seven years old when he died. And so here I am, um, you know, my husband is deceased. I got a, a daughter to raise and, you know, really no job. And uh, so um, I was able to go back to school at that time, and I did. I took advantage of uh, going back to school, but I had to work with, and um, and I did very well in school. I met another man and I, I had another child and I went back to school and I, I was able to get my degree. And what I wanted to go to school was was for nursing. And I, I thought, okay, well, if I learn all of this, these disease processes, learn how all the body functions, all the organ function, then I'll get a handle of this weight. This is this is all that I, I ever thought about. Either I'm eating or trying to control it. One or the other, you know, controlling it was just as worse as eating. And so I thought, okay, well if I, I do this, but at this time when I graduated from nursing school, I was nearly at three hundred pounds. I was the fattest person in the nursing program. I did surprisingly good in school. I, I really did, even though I was compulsively eating and passed out at, in the study groups from eating. I managed to do pretty good, you know, in school. And so I I, I had my son, and um, and my son was diagnosed with autism. And so this was another thing that I thought that, okay, well, this is the problem. My son is autistic, so this is this is why I'm eating, you know. You know, again, never taking full responsibility for my own actions. And so um, I got my son the help that he needed, put him, uh, put him in different programs, and, uh, and, uh, and I went on to graduate from nursing school and uh, passed my boards on the first try and started working. Mind you, this was the first time that I had really worked in my adult life. And here I am in my late 20s. At the time, well, I'm like 26. No, not 26. I was 32 when I got my first nursing job. I was 32. 
And so, um, but I still had that monkey on my back. You know, I would say that entire zoo on my back, that food that was creeping up. And and I was still eating, you know. I remember my cart, you know, when I did my medication, you know, people hated to come behind me because it would be so sticky because I would have all kinds of, you know, I was eating, you know, as I'm working, you know, I'm eating. And and it was just chaos, you know. My nursing career was chaos because it was filled with uh, food, you know, my really in my active addiction, you know. And I felt life had gave me a horrible blow, and I had reasons to eat. I was uh, my uh, second husband, and then after I graduated from nursing school, my son's father had got diagnosed with uh, liver cancer. And they was told he had six months to live. So now here I am, okay, I'm going to have to raise this little boy that's seven years old by myself, and he's autistic. So I dealt with that. The only way that I knew what to do, you know, was to eat. Let me say that food has never been my problem. Food has been my solution to all of my problems. That was my solution. That was my go-to, even though, you know, I knew it was it was starting to destroy my health. My health was starting to suffer because as I got into my 30s, I started having health challenges. I, my blood pressure started going up because I got me in, in my 30s when I started, you know, working as a nurse, I was well over 300. I maybe was at 320, and I'm only 5'4". And so I ate and I ate and I still worked every day. You know, I paid my bills. I took care of my kids to the best of my ability as a single mother, you know. And I think about it now. I made amends when I went through the steps to my children. I feared them so much junk because I really felt like that was loving them, you know, because I didn't get that as a kid. I think I wasn't able to eat junk. So I was like, my kids aren't going to be able to eat whatever they want to eat, but uh, I remember I gave my daughter a slumber party, and and one of the parents called me afterwards and was like, oh, my God, what did you see? My child, she's jumping off the wall, and I got a lot of shame about that, and, I, you know, when I went through the steps, I had to turn a lot of stuff over, you know, and, uh, and get rid of a lot of baggage, but, uh, yeah, and I did make amends to my children about that. And so I went on to with my nursing career, and uh, then one day I noticed that I would start to have a lot of knee pain, and it was getting hard for me to walk. And so I couldn't do bedside care anymore, which I love because I was consider myself as a you know good nurse, and I was hyper hyper at five four and three hundred and thirty pounds. I imagine that you know. And so, you know, here I am busting out all of my scrubs. And instead of buying new scrubs, I was just cutting them up to size. You know, it's just so embarrassing. Uh, Five reminder. Okay. And so I um, got hold of uh, OA and uh, off somebody off the phone, and I went to OA meeting, and I knew I was at home. I knew this, that is where I needed to be, and I got a lot of recovery. As long as I did the work, I had a food plan at the time, and I worked with the sponsor. As long as I did what I was supposed to do, the weight 
came off and I was working the steps and I, you know, living was better, life was better for me and my children. But then I picked back up again. And so, you know, when my parents got sick, I did what I knew. The only thing that I knew to do was to eat. So I heard about Gray Sheet, and I went into Gray Sheet, worked at food plant, lost a bunch of weight, never felt better before in my life. That was in 07. And, um, yeah, but but not working the staff. And I stopped doing the work, going to the meetings and doing service, and the weight creeped back up. So. Here I am still working as a nurse, knees are killing me. I had to take a desk job. And eventually that knee condition led me into a wheelchair. Last year I had to retire from nursing at the age of 56 because I couldn't walk. I was living in a wheelchair until I had knee surgery. I had four surgeries on my knees. And it took all of that for me to do to just take care of myself, to come back to OA, work a food plan, work with my doctors and listen. But that was the best thing that I could have done for myself was to come back into these rooms. And what I can say today is that, you know, life is not perfect for me, but it's so much better without the food, without compulsively eating. You know, nothing tastes as good as abstinence does. I could turn over in the bed without screaming. I couldn't do that a few 24 hours ago. I could do it now as my weight is starting to come down. And let's let me share. I will soon be under 200 pounds. And now this will be the first time in my adult life that I will be under 200 pounds and I'm 57 years old. That is a miracle. And that is because of all of you all that's here on this bridge. And my smile to in God, you know, I couldn't, I can't do it alone. I can't. This disease is much, much more powerful than I ever thought it was. This is the hardest thing that I've ever dealt with in my life. But I can tell you that it's worth it. It is worth it because I, I have peace now. I have peace in between my meals. I have a life. You know, will I ever be back 100%? I don't know. You know, will I ever be able to go back to work full time? I don't know. It's in God's hand. But all I have to do is to not take that first bite, is to not compulsively overeat. You know, that is all I have to do and live in the steps and realize that I'm not God. I don't run this show. I can't control others. I want to. I want to control my daughter. I want her to act the way I want her to act, but it's her life. You know, and she gets to live it with everybody she wants to live it. And I have to accept it and love her for who she is. My adult son is autistic, but he's living on his own. I have to accept that he does not want to live with me anymore. And he's doing good. And for that, I'm grateful. But I am grateful to have a program today that allows me to live life on life terms. And that's through living in these steps. Yeah not picking up, not compulsively eating no matter what the circumstances is. It's not going to help. If I thought compulsively overeating would bring my mother back from the dead, I would eat. I would eat up everything. But it's not. It's not going to bring her back. So what I can give to each of you tonight is that you're here for a reason. 
your higher power, my higher power brought us here for a reason. And this is the solution. It's the solution for a deadly, a deadly disease that kills more than 400,000 people a year. And we don't have to die by the fork today. I don't have to die by the fork today. I can work this program and I can live in peace. Thank you all for allowing me to share tonight. And my number is uh, 219-292-2505. Thanks.